What's up, you guys? This is Victoria Fix, the host of your Weekly Fix podcast, and you are listening to the first official episode of Season 2 of your Weekly Fix. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you are ready for a really engaging discussion around political identity and political parties. I've talked about political parties on this podcast before in respects to voting and the implications of registering to a party when we're talking about voting, but not so much talking about our identity. And if you are someone like me who cares about issues and cares about our political arena in the United States or in the world, your political identity probably carries some weight with you. And it's difficult to figure out what our political identity is when we live in the United States especially because of our two-party system. And a lot of that is exacerbated through polarization, which we're experiencing a lot of right now. And on the heels of the 2020 election, it's been very difficult for people to figure out where they stand. And also, there's this huge divide between where some people stand and where others stand. And I don't think that's fair. And I don't think it's fair for us to get so angry and to be in this fight for our party or, or what we stand for when we may actually have a lot more similarities than we think with people across the aisle and how our two parties kind of restrict us from seeing that. So I hope you guys stay tuning in and enjoy. So starting off, I think it's important to talk about the two-party system, like I said, and it results in major polarization of what we're seeing today and what we have been taught is that we have to stay within a box that if you're a democrat you believe in these issues and if you're a republican you believe in these issues and often we don't really see eye to eye on anything else but that's not really how life works we're supposed to be gray you know we're not supposed to be strictly one thing or the other and As young people, we are starting to develop our political identities right now, and there's this uh, misuse of information, I think, out there that tells young people or people in general that they have to be one or the other, and that creates a lot of polarization, as I said, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, and I think in these past this past month or so, I've been realizing that it's unrealistic to expect people to have all of their issues figured out and fit within a certain box or party. I saw something on Instagram before I started uh, recording this, and I'm going to pull it up for you guys. It resonated with me so much, and I thought it was so perfect for recording this episode. It says, seriously, you need to upgrade your mindset. Read new books, meet new people, switch it up. You have this whole life to live. Don't spend it in a box. And like I said, that resonated with me because recently I've really been thinking about what box I'm living in. And I think a lot of it started for me when I moved to New York City. I felt like living in New York City almost exempted me from thinking I needed to look outside of my box because I was entrenched in diversity and open-mindedness. You know, I was in the capital of diversity, essentially, and thinking outside of what you normally believe. And although my move to New York City and living in New York City was 
incredible for my intelligence and my outlook on life and I grew and I changed my perspective on life. It also restricted me from seeing what a lot of this country actually believes in and how different that is from people that live in urban areas and um, specifically New York City. So after the 2020 election, I said this in my debrief episode that I really thought that it was worth looking across the aisle to see what people saw in Donald Trump that made them feel so represented that it was such a narrow election that it's worth willing to try to figure it out and compromise and find a consensus. It's very hard for me though to understand that um, or to continue to believe that because what I also realized after doing that debrief episode is that people were willing to look past misogyny, look past hate, look past racism and discrimination for whatever um, they thought was more important, which is whatever Donald Trump represented for them, which was, you know, whether it was the economy, abortion rights, etc. And so that is difficult for me because I think that race and um, ethnicity, religion, your sexual orientation, whatever it may be, is a huge part of your identity and it's a huge part of our policies and politics that it's very difficult to look past that. So I am still in this gray area and trying to figure that out and it's difficult for me. It's difficult for a lot of people. But any in any event, what I've also realized in this past month is that a lot of people often believe the same things as you just in a different way or that just because you believe in these issues that the Democratic Party represents doesn't mean that you exclusively need to uh, believe in those issues. And that also doesn't mean that you can't look across and have some conservative values too. And that's really the message in this entire podcast. And I've really been inspired to do that based on my experience at the Cato Institute, which I mentioned you know, I've mentioned a couple times that I'm interning this semester with the Cato Institute, which is a libertarian think tank in DC. And I'm not a libertarian, and it's very highly doubtful that I'll ever become a libertarian, but it's allowed me to find a lot of merit and understanding in the way that other people think. And that's kind of the beauty of America. And it's what is inspiring me to actually potentially change my political affiliation to not Republican, but um, to potentially an independent. Demo- or excuse me, political parties are also a signaling technique. So if I say I'm a Democrat, then you immediately will assume X amount of things about me. And same thing with Republicans. I remember a professor telling me this at John Jay that he was a registered independent because he never wanted a student to think that he was biased in any way when he was teaching. And I thought that was really admirable. And it actually is what posed me to want to register as an independent also for a signaling technique that I want to make it clear that political parties mean zero to me, really. They mean nothing. And my goal in life is to be able to achieve justice, to be able to achieve what I want to achieve, to make the world a better place, 
And if working with a Republican or somebody across the aisle or working with Democrats is what I have to do to achieve that, then of course I'm going to. And I think that's with every issue in the United States that if our end goal is to make this place a better freaking country for everyone, then it doesn't matter what party you're registered to that you should want to all achieve that. And so I'd like to make that very clear in my career that it doesn't matter that I'm an independent, I will accept any policy recommendation or any research, no matter the party, because I just want to achieve justice. So that's kind of my basis for this. And I think, like I said, a lot of this comes from the two-party system. It is majorly dictated by money and power and what parties can have more money behind them and how they can fight to win elections. And candidates don't really have to fight too hard because the two parties segregate so many of the votes in the electorate so for instance joe biden didn't have to fight for my vote in new york state like he had to vote for or like that he had to fight for someone's vote in pennsylvania for instance and that creates a lot of animosity and a lot of skepticism within our party because a lot of people don't know if our uh, politicians are really representing us A really great way to remedy that is something like a proportional voting system, which they have in Norway, um, some form of it in New Zealand, Finland, Germany, maybe Israel too, I'm not sure. And what that does is give people more preference and more opportunity to be accurately represented. So for instance, you would go to the ballot box, there would be like five or six parties. Let's say that you felt like most of your values were actually represented in, let's say, Let's use colors for an example the orange party and then your cousin thought that he was more represented by the green party and let's say everything gets tallied up and there's equal distribution let's say let's you let's pretend we're in utopia there's 20 percent of the electorate voted for the red party 20 percent the green 20 percent etc etc that means then that 20 percent of the political body in our case let's say it's congress of that would be the red party, 20% of that would be the orange party, and so on and so forth. And those people that make up those parties were previously nominated and they get filled. So you're not actually voting for a person. There's not as much money involved. There's not as much corruption. And it offers you a lot more engagement and preference. And people have actually found higher voter turnout as well with that system. There's a lot of disadvantages to our two-party system, and likely a lot of these ideas, like proportional voting, aren't going to be politically feasible, but if you can kind of think of an ideal form of government, it would be something where everyone's values are more represented um, effectively. There's also a rank-based system where you rank candidates um, and... You know, there's like a long laundry list of candidates and let's say Joe Biden was your number one pick, you put him, but let's say um, Elizabeth Warren was running against him or something, you could put her as two or vice versa, whatever. And that also helps with representation. So like I said, in the United States, probably not politically feasible right now, but there are a lot of ways to make a more representative democracy and 
you know, the two-party system is not exclusive to democracies. And also, our constitution doesn't tell us how to run our democracy in the sense that it doesn't tell us how candidates should be chosen. It doesn't talk to us about um, or tell us what to do for elections. So we have the freedom to be able to change that. And I think the more fight there is to reform our political system, the less um, people will feel like they are not adequately represented. It would also reduce gerrymandering and really unfair stacked elections. So back to talking about identity and political identity and what the two-party system has kind of done when shaping our political identity. We can often be judged for our party or what we believe in before we are even able to explain where we stand on issues and it creates a lot of aggression or assumptions and assumptions and our (laughs) aggressiveness doesn't really build for good arguments. So what I encourage you all to do is to really think about what you believe in and what you want to see America as. I don't know if that's corny to say, but what I would like to see is more banter and more discussion around issues rather than aggression and fighting. And I think that we've really been fooled to believe that we fit into a camp that doesn't give us a lot of flexibility and doesn't give us the freedom that we deserve to form our own opinions. And I think that political parties, like I said before, are kind of BS. They are important when it comes to elections, unfortunately, but not in our everyday lives and not in the way that we should care about them. If you care about issues, you should be proud to care about those issues, whether or not they fit into the certain party that you're affiliated with. If you have a differing of opinion than somebody, then you should be proud of that opinion. If your opinions often, you know, contradict what your party, you know, thinks it should, that's okay too. You're allowed to be able to believe in things that cross party lines. That's normal. We are dynamic beings. Like, we're not supposed to fit a mold or, you know, we're not monoliths. We're not monolithic. We don't believe, we're, we shouldn't have to believe in one way of thought. Um, we're lucky. We live in the United States. We can have very, you know, a freedom of opinion. And so I encourage you to take a look at what you believe in. I'm not telling everyone to go out and change their parties. You know, that's a personal decision and you changing your registration status isn't going to make the biggest difference. So please don't think that. Like, I I don't even think I'm going to, you know, I haven't really given too much thought to it. I might do it. I might not, whatever. But I think it's important to, instead of assuming something of someone, to actually try to flesh out these ideas and to not be ashamed if you believe in something that your opposing party may believe in or that you explore an idea that you never thought you would explore before. And I've been very aggressive. Like, I'll have a professor that I don't think I'm going to agree with based on he or she's beliefs and I immediately get tensed up and angry and I've been trying to teach myself like uh, and I'm ready to like you know be defensive and 
put out my counter arguments and I've kind of learned to start to sit back and just wait until someone's done explaining themselves because we're so quick to cancel people we're so quick to judge them and you know life is not cookie cutter we have differences of opinions and we need to give each other a chance to explain them and to not be ashamed of it we have to somehow find a consensus. Like, we have to somehow get past this Trump era of, po- era of politics and see each other more as people rather than political figures, you know? We're not our political identities. Like, that's not all of us, you know? We are made up of a lot more than just being a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or a Socialist. Like, we are so much more dynamic than that and... I think we also have to be willing to challenge ourselves and to be able to actually think for ourselves and not just what certain groups tell us to believe, that we can't stay in our boxes or our um, narrow-minded ways of thinking forever, that we have to be willing to see what we truly believe in and also be willing to evolve, that your opinions may differ from year to year, month to month, generation to generation. I know mine certainly have. I am nowhere the same person I was when I was a senior in high school thinking I had my political values all figured out. No way. And I'm not the same person I was at John Jay. I feel like I'm much more dynamic. I have many more opinions than I ever, you know, once did. And they honestly sometimes surprised me. So, I think it's twofold. One, we need to be able to come together and we can do that by actually taking some time and fleshing out a lot of these ideas and seeing that we're a lot more similar than we are different. And then I think the other part of it is for personal growth, that you should be able to grow, you should be able to evolve and not be canceled or shamed for having a difference of opinion or having a different opinion than you did six months ago. And information is going to inevitably make us change. Growth is going to make us change. Moving is going to make us change in who we meet. And that's a really great part of life. And to soak it up and to enjoy it instead of fearing um, that you may be looked at differently because of it. I hope you guys all enjoyed this little conversation and feel a little bit more open to thinking outside the box and not being afraid to have a different opinion than somebody else. I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Bye-bye.